The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. We thought about singing this song this morning, Count Your Many Blessings. Uh, we can focus on our many uh, struggles, our many needs, our many uh, trials and tribulations and hurts and circumstances, but you know we've all been blessed by God, and that's what we've been talking about. Uh, over these past several weeks is uh, God's blessings. And today I want to kind of conclude this uh, this kind of mini-series, you might call it, that we've been going through talking about God's blessing with using God's blessings. I mean, that's why He blesses us. And God gives each one of us a spiritual gift. We're not going to talk about spiritual gifts, but he, if we're born-again Christians, we have something God has given us to, to further His kingdom. And we're going to talk about abilities and about blessings. And I want, to, I, don't, I want to remind you the reason God blesses us, the reason that we have uh, blessings, spiritual gifts, abilities, talents, the reason we have those things is God expects us to be faithful to Him in using what we've been given. He's given us something that we may be faithful to him that we may use those things those talents and those different abilities instead of hiding them gifts where the gifts he's given where to invest them in the kingdom and we're going to look at a passage of scripture here in just a moment there's uh there's no getting around the fact that we're responsible to invest what god has given us and as we've talked about blessings over the last three or four or five weeks we need to understand that god blesses us for a purpose I heard a story about a man from out east. He'd always dreamed of owning a cattle ranch and he's uh, finally had enough money to come, move down to Texas, or no, actually to Wyoming, and he, uh, he fulfilled his dream in buying a cattle ranch and uh, his best friend flew out from the east coast and wanted to visit with him, and he asked him, he said, so what's the name of your ranch? And his buddy told him that he really had a hard time coming up with a name, that he and his wife had really struggled with that, and uh, they couldn't agree on what to call the ranch. So they said, this is what we've settled on. The double R, Lazy L, Triple Horseshoe, Bar 7, Lucky Diamond Ranch. His friend said, well, that's a, that's a really impressive name. Where are all the cows? And he said, well, we had quite a few cows, but none of them survived the branding. <laughs> uh, so uh, as we focus on God's blessing, I want to suggest this morning that uh, it is possible to get so caught up in what we have and so caught up of the blessings that we might not remember there was a, pers- a purpose for those blessings. We may get caught up in God is blessing me and, oh, I have all of these name on one-by-one blessings and this is all that God has done for me. And we lose sight that the reason God has given us those things is that we may use them and He has a purpose for them. We talked uh, several weeks or even a few months ago about God has a purpose for every one of us. He saves us for a reason. He saves us for a purpose. If we're drawing a breath this morning, God has a purpose for us. It's not just to come sit, sit soaking sour. That's what we always say. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. And the key this morning is not so much to identify 
what we have, but to really use what we've been given. I mean, we know what we've been given. We could go and do a study in gifts and try to analyze things and write them out and say, okay, this is what I think God has for me, and this is just, just, let's just concentrate on what we know we've got and the blessings that we know we've got. In 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received, whatever you've got, <coughs> whatever you've received, each of us should use it to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. So there's a lot of different things, a lot of different abilities, a lot of different talents, a lot of different gifts that God has given us, and each one of us should use whatever we have, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If you would turn to Matthew chapter 25 this morning, Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to be down in verse 14. So Matthew 25, verse 14, and this is a parable of the talents, okay? The parable of the talents, Matthew 25, verse 14. And this is Jesus' teaching. I'll give you just a moment to find that. Matthew 25 and verse 14. And this is what God's Word says. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called in his servants and entrusted his property to them. Now, I want to just... Right there, see, I want you to see what he's talking about. Again, we're going to talk about what he's talking about when he says again. It'll be like a man going on a journey who calls in his servants and entrusted his property to them. Don't forget that one line. That's important. To one he gave five talents of money, to the other two talents, and to the other one talent, each according to his ability. Then this man went on his journey... <laughs> and the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master whose servants returned each settled his accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with two talents, and I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here I have what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you, knew that I had, so you knew that I harvested where I had not sown, and I gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you, have sh you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back, at least with interest. 
takes a talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have even a greater abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and a gnashing of teeth. I want us to look at this passage this morning. I want us to see that many blessings God has given us. He's given us opportunities. And as we conclude this, uh, this series on our blessings, I want us to think about what this passage has to say. I want you to get this passage that we're reading in context. This parable that we're looking at, uh, section of Matthew's Gospel, this is an answer given to the disciples. And they come to the Lord and they were talking about His second coming. So what we see in, in chapter 25 that we just read, it's an answer to a question. And, and as they, this part of Matthew unfolds, Matthew chapter 24 verse 3 says, When this happens, uh, and what will be the sign of your coming to the end of age? When will all of these things that Jesus has been describing happen? And what's going to be the sign of, of the coming of the, of the end of age? And then Jesus begins to warn them to be on guard so that no one will come and no one will deceive them. He, he helps them understands that once he leaves, he's going to return again. He's going to send his Holy Spirit back again. And then he challenges them in verse 20, chapter 24, verse 44. He says, be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you at least expect it, at an hour when you think not. So his disciples come to him. They say, Jesus, uh, you're leaving and, and you're going to come again and we want to understand your second coming and will you explain all this to us? So Jesus begins to, to explain to them. He begins to talk about the, the end of the age and the coming of Christ and he's explaining all these things again. And then in verse 14, kind of sandwiched in the middle of this explanation between uh, chapter 25 ends with a, uh, the separation of the sheep and the goats. That's where it ends. And then in between that is this parable of the talents. So all of a sudden we see Jesus here and he says, I have a parable about this. I want to teach you about this. And he says there in verse 14, again... It will be like a man going on a journey. That word again indicates that Jesus is, is using another parable to explain the coming of him, his return. And that man that's going on a journey is Jesus. So he's explaining to his disciples. Again, this man in this parable, which represents Christ, is going to go away. And then as we look through this passage this morning... I don't think we'll get finished with it, but that's okay. If y'all come back next week, we'll finish it up. I think it's a great passage of Scripture. I think it's got a, a powerful message, a powerful meaning for us, and I want us to hear what God's Word has to say. So we're just going to go till we run out of time this morning, and then we're going to start up next week wherever we end. But as we look at this thing, Jesus gives seven stewardship lessons. And, and we talked at the very beginning, using God's blessings. God's blessed us. Everybody here, you need to uh, know and understand that God has blessed you. And, and if, you, if you're wondering about that, I want to invite you just to, to take some time to sit down and maybe jot down some blessings that God has given you and focus upon those blessings that God has given you. And when you begin to understand how God is blessing you, I want you to take this passage of Scripture and I want you to start thinking about how can I be a good steward of what God has given me. The first one, right off the bat, is probably not going to be very popular with us, but it's true. 
And you don't have to believe it's true because I said it. We're going to look in God's Word, and it tells us the truth of this. What we have is not ours. That's the truth. Whatever we have, it's not ours. And this parable begins in verse 14, and it talks about this man who's going on a journey. He calls his servants together, and he gives them, he entrusts them with his property. That's how this begins. Remember what Christ is talking about. He's talking about himself. He's talking about his return. And he says, this man goes... He calls his servants together, and he entrusts them with his property. Now, just to explain this, this was pretty common during that time. If a wealthy man was going to take a long journey, before he would go on his journey, before he would leave on his journey, he would have someone, uh, he would make preparations. We kind of do that sometimes. We want folks to come pick up our mail and feed our pets. But even more than that, during this time, before that man went on this long journey, they would delegate some of their employees, some of their most entrusted employees, to take some of the, the monies or some of the resources that this rich man had and invest them. So when we read this parable, we may lose a little bit of sight that this was common during that time. This wealthy man is going on a journey. He calls together some of his most trusted people. He says, hey, I'm going to entrust you with these resources, these resources, and these resources because I'm going on a long journey. And when he did that, he expected them to bring him something in return. It makes sense, doesn't it? It's just like your boss. If you work for someone and, and your boss says, hey, here's your job, and here's the equipment you need to fulfill your job, he wants us to go out and make a profit, doesn't he? And when we make that profit, what happens? It goes back into the company. That's the same ideal right here. So, so given these uncertainties during this time of transportation, of, of traveling, of returning, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties during this time. This master really, really never knew how long he would be gone, and his employees really never knew how long he'd be gone. In other words, I'm taking a long journey. You know how it is, weather and camel breakdowns and all of that, whatever they would have on their journey, you know. I'm not sure when I'll be back. I have a well-planned trip, well trip, but, but I'm going to entrust this to you, and I'm going on a journey. There was no doubt in the minds of those servants that the property, the money, whatever the resources, belonged to the master. I mean, as we read this parable, there's no doubt, is there? All three of them understood, this is not mine. This belongs to the master. He's simply entrusting me with these things. And, and they, were, they were to be the processors, but not the owners. The owner gave it to them. They were to be the processors of this. Their job was to manage what they were given. That's true for us. We're to manage what God has given us, and everything we have has been given to us, and it's not really ours anyway. See how unpopular that sounds? But that's the truth of God's Word. Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's pretty plain, isn't it? It's all the Lord's. It's all the Master's. He's gone on a journey. We don't know how long He's going to be gone. We don't know exactly when He's going to return, but He's blessed us. He's entrusted us with something. He expects us to deliver on what he's entrusted us because the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Haggai 2.8 says, 
The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. He has the rights, I have the responsibility. He's the master, I'm the manager. I'm the servant, he's sovereign. That's what the Bible teaches. So our first point to understand being good stewards is this. God has entrusted us with his blessings. He owns them all. He just loaned them to us. And as he gave them to us, he's given, he's given us the responsibility to manage, to serve him with the responsibilities that he's given us. That's our first thing. If you allowed that, that basic principle of understanding to, to really permeate you, who you are, to realize, hey, I really don't own anything. Everything belongs to the Lord. And until we recognize that truth, we're never going to be good managers of what God has given us. Until we recognize that, that what we have are direct blessings from God. Scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from God. Until we can understand that meaning and understand that our houses, our cars, our clothes, our possessions, all we are, all we have, the earth, the world, and everything in it belongs to Him. Until we can grasp that, we're not ever going to be good stewards of what God has given us. We really don't own anything. You may say, well, you're out of your mind. I've worked all my life to buy this place, and I've worked, and I made a down payment, and I prayed for it for 50 years, and I own it. Who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the job? Who gave you the resources? God, because He owns it all. He owns all the gold, all the silver, all the land, all the cattle. He owns it all. That's what God's Word says. So God has entrusted us as He teaches us through this parable. I've entrusted my servants with some blessings that they're to invest. Here's the second thing. We're given just exactly what we can handle. This is hard to swallow sometimes, isn't it? We're given exactly what we can handle. We find that in verse 15, we see that the master gave some talents to all three of his servants. It says there, to one he gave five talents of money, to the other two talents, and to the other one talent. Listen to this, here's the key. Each according to his ability. Did you hear that? He gave each according to his ability, and then he went on his journey. Now, we need to pause here for just a minute and recognize the word talent. It has a different meaning than our present-day understanding. And I don't think anybody here was probably thinking, well, I can't think of any talents that I have, but of course, that's not what he's talking about here. The word talent is a measure of weight. So when you read in Scripture, there's something about a talent it doesn't have to mean money. This particular passage, Christ says he gave one five talents of money. So talents is simply a weight measurement. We see that over in Revelation chapter 16, verse 21. It says, from the sky, huge hailstones weighing about a talent. If you have a different translation that's already figured the math for you, that says huge hailstones fall from heaven weighing about a hundred pounds fell upon each man. That's in Revelation. So we see that same word talent used, and it's, it's just a measure of weight. In Revelation, it says a talent weighing about a hundred pounds. So, so a value of a talent is different depending on what it was. A, a, a talent of silver or a talent of copper or a talent of gold, they would all be, be different considering whatever that talent was. So 
So if we just think about blessings, you may be given a, a blessing, and we can call it a talent, of, of many different things. But God gives us according to what we can handle, according to how we can manage those things. And some, some commentators differ on exact amount, but most kind of agree that, that a talent during this time would take a laborer almost 20 years to earn one talent. That's during this time. So you're talking about, uh, during this time, about 20 years for one talent. It would have took a laborer to earn this. To put it in our economy today, using a, just a minimum hourly wage, one talent would be equal to about $300,000. That's today. So when we see this, and we're thinking about these talents, one talent, about $300,000. And while we're really focusing on the blessings of God, this, 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 this parable really talks about how we should invest our money and, and, and how, how our, our God expects us to invest what He has given us through our, through our money that, we, that He's given us. Now, a secondary application would be the blessings and the supernatural abilities that God has given us. So to rest your... Uh, rest your nerves this morning. I'm not preaching on tithing, okay? I'm not preaching on giving. So you can't say, doggone, I started not to come, and I did, and look what happened. You know, I'm not going to preach about that. But that really is what God is talking about kind of in the first part of this, but I want us to see beyond that. Uh, it reminded me of a story this morning. These two men were uh, in a plane crash, and they, they crashed out on an island in the Pacific, a uh, deserted island, and one of the men... Uh, brushed himself off, and he got up, and he proceeded to run around the island and to see if they had any chance of survival. And, and when he returned, he, he rushed up to the other man that was still there in the plane, and, and he said, the island is uninhabited. There's no food. There's no water. We're all going to die. The other man leaned back against the, the fuselage of the wrecked plane and folded his arm and said, no, we're going to make it. I make $100,000 a week. The first man grabbed him and, and shook him and said, Listen, buddy, we're on a deserted island. We're doomed. The other man, he was unruffled. Again, he said, That's okay. I make $100,000 a week. And the man was mystified. The first man, he, he's taken back, and, and uh, he, he, he begins to tell him again, you, you just don't understand. For the last time, I'm telling you that we're lost. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what you have because there's no one here to help us. There's no one here around. There's nothing to eat, drink. We're, we're on a deserted island. And still unfrazzled, the first man said, Look, don't make me say it again. I make $100,000 a week. And I tithe. And my pastor will find us. <laughs> uh, so, as I said, I'm not preaching on uh, tithing this morning, but if you make 100000 a week, I'll find you if you're in a plane crash, okay? <laughs> uh, so let's get back on task here. The master gave the first servant five talents, so you don't have to figure it up. That's about $1.5 million he gave the first servant. The second guy received two talents. That's $600,000. The third guy, he gave one talent. That's 
$300,000. That's kind of figuring it today's math. And even though there's a big difference between five talents and one talent, the guy who received one talent still had a lot of money. He still had $300,000, and that reminds us that God gives out to us out of abundance of who he is. Even the guy with one talent. We read this story, we don't understand what a talent is. We say, man, that guy got ripped off. He just got one. He got $300,000. So the master gave him, and I want you to notice what each servant, as they received their talents, the key according to their ability. See, our responsibility is tied to our responsibility is tied to our ability. So what God gives us, he gives us something to be responsible for, and then he gives us the ability according to our ability. I, I use this all the time, but to me it fits so well. Reminds me of that guy I was talking about feeding the hungry. Y'all remember that? And he told the pastor, said, hey, we, need to, we need to be doing something about feeding the hungry. And, and the pastor said, okay, if you had 100 hogs, would you give 50? Oh, boy, I'd give 50. I certainly would give 50. He said, okay, if, if, you had a, if you had 50 hogs to feed the hungry, would you give 25 of them? He said, man, if I had 50 hogs, I'd give 25. And he said, okay, if you had two hogs, would you give one to feed the hungry? And he looked at the ground and said, pastor, you know I have two hogs. <laughs> you know, we're responsible. responsibility is tied to our ability. Hey, the man said, if I had five talents, I would definitely give to the Lord. If I had a hundred hogs, sure I would give him half. But I've got two. Well, well, I can't do that. I don't have but two. I don't have but one talent. How could I possibly give that to the Lord? See, our responsibility is tied to our ability. And this is interesting. God's kingdom purpose is not to operate according to what is fair but according to what is best. See, God knows us. He knows our heart. He knows our giving. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, after challenging believers to be united and not to break up in these different groups for these different leaders, here's what Paul says. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? See, there were some of them were going, we're going to follow Apollos. Some are saying, we're going to follow Paul. Paul comes in and says, after all, who's Apollos? Who is Paul? They're only servants through whom God, who came to you to believe the Lord as he has assigned each one his task. You see, Paul says to those folks there at Corinth, he says, some of you want to follow, follow Apollos, some of you saying we need to follow Paul. And he says, these are just servants that came from the Lord and fulfilled their assigned task. Did you catch that? Each of us has, has an assigned task. For some, maybe God has blessed us so greatly and He's given us ten talents and, or He's given us five talents. He wants us to invest in those things. To others, He may just gave two hogs, but He wants to invest in us and He wants us to give all we have and to come to Him and say, God, you've entrusted me this. I've trusted you and I'm going to invest all you've given me into building your kingdom You know, you have what you have because God has given it to us. And when God has given, us to, given something to it, He expects us to manage His gifts. He expects us to manage what He's given us in the things that, that will build His kingdom the most. Just like this parable. Think about what He's saying. 
this servant, this uh, master's gone off on a journey. He's entrusted his belongings to these servants, and he expects them to invest in what he's given them to build his kingdom. Here's the third thing. We must invest what's been given to us, whatever it is. Whatever God has given us, verse 16 tells us that the man who received talent, five talents, look at what it says. It says, at once he went and put the money to work and gained five more talents. He didn't waste any time. Boy, he heard what God's word had to say, and he heard what the, the master said to him, and the master said, I'm giving you five talents, and the Bible says he didn't waste any time. He immediately went out, and he doubled the master's portfolio just immediately. Hey, I hear that God had given me. I looked at God's blessings for me, and, and boy, I at once went out, and I'm, I'm working for the Lord. The guy with just the other talents, how much did the other guy have? Two. Y'all are with me this morning? If you're listening, say, I am. All right, he had two talents. The Bible doesn't say he at once went out. But he went out and invested, didn't he? I kind of think that's us as Christians sometimes. I think sometimes we have God's blessings, and sometimes we get so excited, and we say, boy, God's gave this ministry to me, and at once we're out working, we're out doing. And for others, maybe we sit and we hear a few sermons, and we, we study Scripture, and we pray a little bit, and all of a sudden we realize, hey, God has given this to me. And, and we, we go ahead and get after it. It may take us a few years. It may take a few months. It, it may take 20 years. But, but at some point, we realize, hey, God has given me some blessings, and he expects me to go. The thing I want you to notice about this, both men received in the master's happiness, didn't they? The one that went out immediately and said, hey, I'm going to work at once. The guy who waited a little while, he, he still received the word from the master that said, hey, come on in, and I want to celebrate with you. Come and enjoy in your master's happiness. So wherever we are spiritually, we don't need to look back and say, well, I've been saved so long, and, and you know, Jake, after I thought about it, I've really not invested much of God's blessings, and, and here I am at this age, or, or here I am being saved so long, or here I am going down the wrong road on the wrong journey, and, and I'm not sure God wants me anymore. That's not true. That's Satan. If God has given you a blessing, he wants to take it. He wants you to take it. He wants you to use it. He wants you to invest in whatever he's given you into his kingdom. And when we do that, we hear that term, well done, my good and faithful servant, come in and enjoy in your master's happiness. But verse 18, it describes a different approach from this third servant. But the man who had received one talent went off. He dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. Even though we don't read about any specific instructions to these three servants, even, the, even though we don't read where the master said, hey, I want, you to, I want you to do this with this, and I want you to take this and do this, they understood that they had a blessing for a purpose. They understood that the master gave them his belongings for a purpose. So even without having those rules there, specific instructions, they understood the first two guys went out, put to work that investment, and multiplied in what God had given. How do we do that? You know what? When we're born again... We become a citizen of heaven. The Bible says we become joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And how can we multiply that? When we invite someone else into the kingdom of God, what have we done? We've multiplied what God has given us. That's one easy way right there. When we go and when we lead someone, when we invest what God has given us, then we've, we've multiplied the blessing that God has given us through salvation. 
There are so many other implications that we could use. There are so many other implications that we see in this scripture. The one talent guy was a slacker. He went off. That's what the Bible says. He buried his blessing. God had given it to him. He hid it away. That was kind of common back then. You know, it was kind of common back then to the, the safest place and the least profitable thing you could do was simply bury your possession. It was pretty safe. Nobody was probably going to get it, but nobody was going to benefit from it. Folks, as Christians, how often do we bury our talent? How often do we bury what God has blessed us with and simply say, this is mine, it ain't very much, but by golly, I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm just going to bury it away. Antonio's voice was high and squeaky. We're ending right here. He didn't make any tryouts for the Cremona Boys Choir. He took violin lessons. His neighbors persuaded his parents to make him stop with violin lessons. This is true. Yet Antonio still wanted to make music. His friends gave him a hard time because his only talent... And this was a talent, talent, was whittling. <laughs> he could whittle out stuff. He could carve out stuff. That was his only talent. When Antonio was older, he served as an apprentice to a violin maker. His knack for whittling grew into a skill of carving because his hobby became his craft. He worked patiently and faithfully. And by the time he died, he left over 1,500 violins, each one bearing a label that read Stradivarius. Y'all heard that. You, you, know the, you know the name. If you don't, get on, the, uh, get on the Internet today and look up Antonio Stradivarius. And his violins are the most sought after in the world selling for more than $100,000 each, and now even more than that. Antonio couldn't sing. <laughs> he couldn't even play to the point his neighbor said, please, ask him to stop. He wanted to sing. He wanted to get up and make music. He couldn't. He, couldn't. he auditioned for the choir. He couldn't make it. He wanted to play. He couldn't make it. He didn't preach. He didn't teach. But he took the talent that he had, the ability that he had, and he did the best thing he could do, and he carved out those beautiful violins that still make music today. See, he took exactly what he had. He invested it in what God had given him, and today it's still being celebrated and still being used. Our potential is God's gift to us, listen, and what we do with it is our gift to him. Did you hear that? That's where we're closing this morning. Our potential is God's gift to us, and what we do with it is our gift to him.